Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We have a brand new episode of the Odds and End Zones podcast on the wonderful Leading Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, the deputy sports editor of phillyvoice.com. I'm joined by my boy, Zoe. Zoe, how are you doing? Happy Thursday, my guy. Happy Thursday. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm off tomorrow. I got tickets to the Phil's game tomorrow night. Hoping, nice. hoping Bryce is might, back tomorrow. I was going to say, you might, you might get some good news tonight. Yeah, I think we, we're supposed to find out tonight, right? They just announced that he's not playing tonight, which makes me okay. think he's playing tomorrow because they want because they want more people there because it's a Friday night than a Thursday. Friday night that's game. what they're doing. Yeah, and we yeah. jumped a little bit early. I mean, a couple of my South Philly uh, day ones, we got row two, three hundred level, uh, behind home plate. Oh 40, yeah, forty three with fees. It seems too good to be true. That does seem that seems crazy. Yeah, that's you know what that you know what that seems like with to me? fees with fees. I was gonna say it's that that strikes me as a um, uh, a market that is still still doesn't know if Bryce is actually coming back tomorrow or not. Yeah, we jumped on it because if they announced at eight o'clock tonight, like Rob Thompson, we're recording this around three o'clock Thursday afternoon for you listener, just giving you a heads up. I don't know if you're listening to this like tonight or tomorrow morning, whatever. I could see Rob Thompson, you know, post-game press conference. Hey, yep. Bryce is coming back tomorrow. And then the tickets yep. skyrocket 10 times the price. I give it I, – I, I look at it as I look at how um, how we do uh, Embiid injuries. Yeah. Like, like if they if they win tonight, they might even – they might stretch it to, like, noon tomorrow. Like, all right, if, if Bryce fills up to it, yeah. you know, play – but if they if they lose right right after the game, it's like yeah, Bryce is playing tomorrow, which is like what we do like here. Like if it's like if they you know if the Sixers lose a game, it's like all right, Joe's Joe's going to give it a go at practice tomorrow. But if they're on a two or three game win streak, they're just like he's going to be. We'll revalue him, reevaluate him next week or something. Yeah, I don't even think he's playing in Lehigh Valley tonight. Jim Salisbury just tweeted this. Obviously, number one Phillies podcast out there, odds and end zones. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper not playing a game tonight. So I guess that would mean neither Lehigh Valley nor Philadelphia, yeah. which gives me very much tomorrow night energy. I, I mean, I mean, he yeah. went, had two bombs the first game. Mm-hmm. Last night, he hits a walk-off two-run walk double. Last night, right, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. He's definitely, I I, I would agree that it's a, tomorrow's probably the night. It's a waste to have him there unless it's just to sell tickets, which was nice. Uh, Nick Tricone, yeah. Philly Voice, did a nice, was there for that game. Oh, that's a nice story on it. Yeah, talking to fans. I wish I was there and copped the jersey, man. That's going to be a grand. Oh, the jersey like, is incredible. Like, in yeah. like five years, that yeah. one's going to be worth a well, like the, of money. Um, like the Ryan Howard one. Yeah, you know, yeah, and Redding uh, or whatever. His Redding one, yeah. Yeah. His rehab price and stuff. They got to put a – I don't know if they're up online. I got to grab a jersey at least or something like that. I do have – I wore my Iron Pigs hat yesterday. I got one that you – now they do all those theme nights. I got one yep. that was Scrapple night. I got the Scrapple yeah, hat. Yeah, those hats are so nice. 
Um, they remind me, I was looking at the, shout out to Kenwood. Kenwood dropped their, uh, I think they call it like their last, mer- their last summer merch drop. Oh, dude, it was so today. nice. So nice. Shout out to all of them, man. They did, those guys did a terrific, terrific job. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice. And it reminded me, the their logo on their hat reminded me of the of the scrapple the scrapple hat definitely um, definitely this looks so good building off gatorade convo from last week drinking i had a walk home from fifth and market because okay you ever take yeah. the l and or a situation where they'll be like we're stopping at second street and then we're not stopping yep. again until allegheny stopping, yeah. and then i'm like yeah. uh i guess i'm getting off now and i'm gonna walk <laughs> uh, yeah. so so went to cvs got a gatorade I've been trying out the new Gatorade Fit. You said you've gotten a package of them, correct? Yeah, I like them. I, it, it's that they do. Um, so it's a variety pack. Um, forgive me, I don't know all the flavors, but the watermelon flavor is one of them. And so far, it's one. Of, it's my my number one. It's really good, um, and it has a. Um, it's it's. You understand what I'm saying when I tell you it tastes more like a straight um, thirst quencher. Like it's going to get you hydrated. It's better for hydration. You could tell. I feel like they're perfecting that formula. It kind of combines the, you know, Pedialyte. Now they make Gatorade light. Did you see that? Not just Gatorade Gatorade light. light. Yeah. I feel like this is a combination. This is, we're talking about Gatorade fit, G fit. And not sponsored, but if they want to, let's get on board. That's my people. If someone asked me what my one sponsor would be, I've been sponsored by a hoagie company. I've been sponsored yes. by a cheese day <laughs> company. I've been sponsored by uh, a beer company. All I need is Gatorade now. Yeah, I've got, let me see. I've got an alcohol company. You got the state side? I got the state side. Actually, yeah, we all I need is a, I would love a, I would love a, a, a juice or a, a, a Gatorade, yeah, man. Company. I'll take Powerade. Powerade, Powerade. Um, we'll talk to anybody. We're, yeah. we're free agents. And there was a mango flavor. I tried that last week. I didn't love it. They're a little bit more watery inher- inherently because it's supposed to be like legitimate hydration, not just a drink, like a sports yeah. drink. And I didn't love that. And mango is my favorite flavor. Everything I'm saying, water ice, whatever. I'll, I'll try mango, whatever. But this watermelon strawberry one's really, really good. Really good, yeah. Got some housekeeping stuff. Seven minutes into the podcast now. On September 15th, Thursday, in wonderful Philadelphia, Zoe and I will be doing yet another live episode of the Odds and End Zones podcast at the wonderful. I've been there. I went once, and I loved it so much. We put this together. Liberty Grounds at 16th and Girard in Philadelphia, right across the street from Mother Prep. And we will Forever be there. Yeah, we'll be there at 7.30 doing a live podcast. We'll be there about an hour, hour and a half earlier, shooting the bull, yep. hanging out, having a couple of drinks. It's a great spot. They have a quick mini golf game downstairs. It's indoor. They have It's kind of just dedicated to Philadelphia energy and vibes. There's artwork yeah. by that Paul Carpenter guy that, make, that makes a lot yeah. of arts and prints. He did, his, did this huge black and white mural, mural in there, and it has – Literally everything, all the septa stops, stuff like that. Obviously, Nick Foles, Lane Johnson, Brad Lidge, whole nine yards with that. And then it's all local beer and stuff like that, which you have to love. That's that's aesthetic. Yeah, it's the thing. And that's 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 on our that's our brand right there. 
for sure. The aesthetic is is really really awesome. It's a really cool place. Um, it's a nice place to to hang. It's a good place, especially if you live in that neighborhood. I know a lot of temple students live down there. Oh yeah, Philly. Let's get the um, temple. Let's get yeah. the temple crew in there. Let's get the T for Temple if, U crowd in there. If you're if you're um, legally allowed to drink, I can't say. Right, right. I'm not allowed <laughs> to say it. anything about fake IDs or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we can't. No. We, we cannot say fake IDs. Or anything no, like that. Nothing that's like that now. That's between you and the bouncer, not us. Um, <laughs> no hats tonight, fellas. No hats. Yo, we're not doing hats tonight, fellas. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, man, I'm super excited. I know we'll, you know, we're gonna kick off around 7:30, so we'll probably be there through. We'll be at least we'll be live at least for kickoff of the Chiefs Chargers. Yeah, and, and, and it's awesome that they're doing that. Uh, that yeah. we I kind of arranged it because the Eagles play Monday night that week. Obviously, week two yeah. I'm opening against the Vikings, and I wanted to give the pod some nice shelf life. Ideally for Eagles fans, and I think most people would assume. I don't want to get too cocky. Don't get too cocky. Should be a game that the Eagles should win in week one. Not saying they're definitely going to win. A game that they should take care of business. Build up energy. Want to know going into a home night game against the Minnesota Vikings where magic happens. That's where magic happens right there. You know, um, and the other thing is regardless of how you feel about week one, Week two night game national TV against the Vikings. There's gonna be so much juice all week, um, so we we just want to build off that. And then you know, like you said, that that pod's gonna actually live past the Monday night game because we'll talk. You know, we'll talk Monday night. We'll talk week one. Um, we'll talk a little bit. We'll, obviously, we'll put some. We'll put our picks out for for Chiefs Chargers. Um, we get some fan, yeah, inter- man, we, get some fan interaction. Yeah, we'll get we'll some fan interaction. We'll be there with our mics and laptops. We're, we're yeah, a bare bones set up. I'm a, <laughs> I, heard, uh, I heard a rumor that a certain hoagie prince will be present. So Yeah. Gonna, I know uh, a lot of fans. Funny. He has a lot of fans that are ladies, I think. Right. <laughs> he has a lot of fans. Right. right. So him, his, his entire fan club will be there. You know, he, he, uh, he brings out uh, he brings it from all parts of the city. He he is the mayor, so um, it's going to be a really fun night. Hope to see everybody out, and we're going to keep we're going to keep we're going to keep promoting and keep pounding. So you guys will hear more and more about it as we lead up to it. What's the Ferris Bueller's thing? The Sausage King of the Midwest, the Sausage King of Chicago. Yeah, a- that's a- that's Roman. yeah, that's literally just thing with hokies in the city. <laughs> the hokey prince of the city, right? And one one more housekeeping thing. I hate saying housekeeping when podcasts do it, but it's the Good way to clear the space. We actually have on the SB Nation podcast network. I don't even know if you know it. We talked about it. New podcast launching next week. Oh, yeah. Collaboration with Liberty Ballers, I guess, managing editor, top editor, main sports writer, Paul Hudrick. Paul Hudrick. Good guy in the community. Good guy in the community, for sure. Paul and I will be doing a general Philly sports podcast for SB Nation coming up. I'm not sure. Can't speak at it. I don't know if it'll be in, you know, we have uh, like Liberty Ballers has, has a podcast feed. Obviously BGN does here where we have my, yes. my uh, solo yep. show from the bleachers. We have me and Zoe show, all the other shows, you know, QB factory, babes on broad, whatever. Uh, I don't know where it'll be, but there will be a podcast out there with me and Paul. We're going to record Tuesday nights, like five thirty, six thirty. bring that energy. It's be good after Eagles games. Talk a little Eagles, yeah. especially Sixers. Obviously Paul's a Sixers guy and, God willing for my per uh, I guess business life or job life, however you want to say it. Hopefully the Phillies are yeah. good and make the postseason. 
better content. It's it's hard to say that you want to root for teams when you have a certain kind of journalist p- position, and that's something we're waiting through the wires. I know if I'm you know if I'm an Eagles game, I'm a professional person. I, I'm doing there to do my job. You know, you have to pay the bills. Remember, I tweeted out the picture. I was like, oh, my first time ever covering an Eagles game as a media member. Like three people replied, no cheering in the press box. I'm like, no effing way. I didn't effing know that. Thanks, man. (laughs) I got all the way here in my little blazer. I'm all decked out. And I I thought I was going to have to. What do you think I showed up in a Jerome Brown jersey to the press conference? Well, I think you uh, showed up in face paint like David Putty. So got to support the team. Got to support the team. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I've never done any, like, face painting for a game. Oh, the dog mask, I guess, is the closest to that. <laughs> so yeah, show, I've never, I co- never face painting. I you know, bumped into the pasta salad because I couldn't see. I knocked, I knocked pasta salad all over Ross Tucker in the first preseason <laughs> game because I couldn't see it with my dog mask on. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's so yeah, I mean, I, I'm very professional. I go down there. I'm not – I'll ask hard questions. I'm not a softball guy. Like, I – Sirianni has answered questions. We're like, I'm not going to answer that the way you want me to. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> all, right, cool. all right. All right. That's good to like respect. Good. You don't have to answer my questions, but we're going to ask them and we're going to, I'm trying to give people the content they need. I'm trying to give fans. I always brought that fan perspective. And now I want to hear from the team what the fans want to hear. I do think that um, like for people who, who don't know, I think one of the things that you've always brought up, like since you've been doing this is, like how you don't want to present as a fan. I think that's the least of your worries because I think yeah. it's, it's so front of it's so frontal lobe for you that yeah. the last thing you do is try to start an evil chant when you you know when you're in the box. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, when like if it's like a if they get a stop on a crucial fourth down, you won't be high fiving them. Like it's just you know, yeah. And someone replied like, of course. Now we have another biased writer there. I don't like that perception. Obviously, yeah. most people, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of people who cover teams as beat writers in most of the places around the country grew up as fans of that team. It's a local thing. Right. If you grew up in Colorado, you went to you know journalism school in Colorado, you might end up being a right, Denver Nuggets beat writer. Right. But when people talk right. about inherent bias there and saying like, oh, they're just going to love the team because ha- they're happy to do that, I think of like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. You know, media members used to just covering OU football, you know, high school sports. And then they get inserted in here, plop down an NBA franchise with three Hall of Famers on it. And now they're saying like, oh, I love the team. I'm going to kiss up to them. Don't ask any hard questions to Sam Presti and all that. That They just want everything to be happy-go-lucky. And I always thought of that in Philadelphia was the least true of all those spots because no one's been – like. In terms of being a fan, I'm not the fan like I used to be. I'm trying to be professional about the way I say yeah, this. Of course, yeah. I was never Mr. Like, everything's great all 100% of the time. Like, if something's wrong, I'm willing to call people out and write in that. And again, in a healthy, professional way. But I'm never going to be like, oh, everything's great just defending the team every turn. Because that was never me when I was, you know, number one fan writer compared to now, too. So I always thought people complaining about that might have been a little... A little bit of stretch. Third in my job. I, I, I think that um, you know it's tough. You know, you you want to ask people well, what, like, what do you expect? Like, what do you want? Do you want somebody who has 
no clue how the city and a team operates. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're not a – people can do good jobs, but I think if you're not a sports writer from Philadelphia, I'm not saying you can't be a great at your job. I want to preface right. that. But there's going to be an element of your coverage that you inherently miss. Right. It's just apparent. Like, it's, it's different, and that right. doesn't mean if you're automatically from South Philly, you're a better writer than a guy from, right. you know, New York who went to Northwestern. That's not automatic. Yeah. But I think it adds that it adds an element there, and I think uh, you see that in a city where such a hardcore sports city, it's produced a huge number of sports writers. Well, I think also people are generally predisposed to not like what sports writers say, and uh, so I think when people say oh, another biased writer, it just means that you're not, for some reason, they feel like you're not holding the coach or the players accountable, and it's like, well, that's that's only. That's only like twenty percent of the job. Like you yeah. ask, you ask the questions, the coach answers them, and then the, and then also, you, it can't just be every, it can't just be every week. Like, coach, like why'd you why'd you call a pass on third and two? You know, you idiot. Like it can't it can't yeah. it, it can't be that. It has to be questions about you know their leadership strategy moving forward, and like the, there there has to be some kind of relationship. It can't just be. Like Dan, you you played you you, know, you called a really crappy game this week. Like, how are you going to make up for it next week? <laughs> yeah, when you talk about unbiased, I think of this old grouchy sports writer. Like, that's the mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's just different. And I think obviously I care about Philadelphia, and I think that's why I was so like growing up. I didn't want to be a sports writer. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I liked right. writing. And maybe I was like, oh, what if I wrote you know books or essays about Philadelphia, and that just naturally gravitated to that. If I didn't care about the city, if I didn't care about my past you know, watching this team for over, you know, almost 25 years of cognitively watching them, I wouldn't be as good of a writer as I am or a content creator. Not saying I'm the best in the world, but because of I cared for so, so long and cared so, so much, you can feel that in the writing. And I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you can feel that way too. That's the goal. Yeah. Uh, You want to get to the topic at hand? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, we are technically a gambling podcast, though we like to talk about other stuff too. More of just, you know, throughout the picks I did in the podcast, it's good branding, all that stuff. But I thought this was relevant and kind of in our sphere too and more of a cultural aspect. FanDuel announced today, and then again, this is Thursday recording, Thursday, August 25th, and yep. I'll my glasses on. And they announced that they are going to have a 24-hour TV network. And not just talking about a streaming app, which there will be part of it, but an actual over-air television channel. They own a random channel, it seems, through yeah, some previous some from previous mergers and buying and stuff like that. It's it's a gambling focus, I think, because it's mostly focuses on sports betting. I mean, sorry, yeah. uh, horse racing, sports betting, horse racing, yeah. showing all the horse races. Obviously, that's kind of an our generations. That's that's kind of an older thing, horse racing. Yeah. I don't think we really do that. And it's going to move in. Uh, Kay Adams from NFL Network, uh, who I guess is doing the pregame show for Thursday Night Football now. We'll we'll have a a morning show on there. They're going to have Bill Simmons from The Ringer. You know, obviously, Grantland, everything with Bill Simmons, obviously, very well known. And Pat McAfee, too. Pat McAfee. Well, he got the FanDuel bag before, right? So it only makes sense. FanDuel, you're out there. I'm I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah. If you're cutting checks, FanDuel, you know know who to holler at. We'll use your lines exclusively. Right. <laughs> he should be. I'm I'm actually surprised to see that Pat McAfee isn't like um the uh I, I'm 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 sure we'll find out more information, but 
it's almost like this was destined to be like his baby anyway. Yeah. He got the bag from yeah. him. Like, so I'm not surprised at all if it'll be a lot of what he curates anyway, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm anxious to see how, what his influence looks like on, on the channel anyway. Given the Kay Adams connection with Amazon Thursday Night Football, and I'm, I don't know this for sure yet, but it would make sense that Amazon actually has a few different streams, right? Because of yeah. that, that over the, the, you know, you're using a Roku or Apple TV, or whatever to watch. And you're, you're signing on a prime video where you have all the options for TV shows. You're going to have options for the game itself. And it's going to go beyond, I think it'll be more reminiscent of the uh, national championship game for college football, where they're not just, yeah. not just Monday night football, where the quote unquote normal broadcast. Then you have the fun Manning cast. I think you're going to have something that's, uh, Akin to the Manning cast, obviously you're not getting yeah. the Mannings. I could see you having a you know f around Pat McAfee channel, and then you have you know you get a one, you get Kurt Warner and just throw out names to do an X's and O's one. I think you're going to see stuff like that out there, and maybe you have one that's you know licensed with Fanduel or something for all I know. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I, I think that um, I'm another thing that I think that. This is gearing up for, you know, you think about the, you know, the, the three biggest things, right? The three biggest, I told you this earlier, like the, I guess like the three biggest uh, or four biggest things that really sports that is that you, that you really, you know, akin to when it comes to betting and you have your college football, pro football, and then college basketball and NBA basketball. And I think, Chief, debatable. We're not here to debate that, but I, I, I maybe chief among that would be March Madness. So, like, if this is if this is up and running by the time you know March Madness twenty twenty three comes around, it could be absolutely insane. You know the kind of content that they want to show. I'm sure that's you know that's why the announcement came now because they're already you know talking about you know what it's going to look like and how it's going to be presented. But um, with the way that the world is trending, sports world specifically. And the way that sports betting is is becoming a huge part of commerce for a lot of these states, it makes all the more sense to have a 24-hour channel. And what is always the leading viewership programs on the NF on on TV all year round? Sports games, right? Live. I mean, the over you know traditional cable as is could not survive without live sports. No. It's not the same as. You know, binging yeah. Game of Thrones or right. House of Dragon a couple right. of days later. And we can talk about House of Dragon a little bit if you want. And but what happens when the NBA's deal with ESPN is up and FanDuel says, let's give you three billion dollars to come do NBA on here. And we're what and we're watching an NBA finals game that has, you know, next play three point shot Tyler Harrow yeah. on there for plus 300 plus 300 I mean that's that's going to happen within the next 10 15 years and I think some people are going to hate it yeah. an older audience I could see my dad he's kind of an anti gambling guy which right. hilarious given the show yeah which is which is hilarious gambling show right yeah usually like people who hate gambling used to gamble I think and I think it's probably yeah. one of those things like my dad yeah did I ever tell you the story with him and the 2004 Super Bowl? Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, he, he really wasn't a gambler. Like, uh, he might do when I was, like, you know, in, in grade school, like a $100 parlay, like, 
you know, two or three times per season, something like that. Very minuscule. Right. And he goes to whatever book he uses. And this is obviously way, way before apps and stuff. You just right. use traditional books. Like I, I did that before FanDuel blew up and stuff like that. And he's like, give me, you know, a hundred bucks on the Patriots to cover. And the guy was like, are you seriously going to bet the Patriots? And he goes, I never, ever win gambling. Just throw it all on the Patriots to cover. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the Eagles lose, but the right. Eagles also covered that three and a half point covered, spread. Yeah. So he lost money and the Eagles lost. And that's Eagles lost. that's the Clancy gambling situation. I would sum it up. That's why like I that. do. That's literally why it's probably why he's like, dude, I hate gambling. That's why, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's very anti gambling. And I think it's like a depends on where you live and it's universal, but like gambling addiction. Obviously, we we preach to gamble responsibly. You know, I'm not putting up my uh, I guess my bag or you know, my, my bet is never something super high, something I'm confident and capable. Like, Hey, if I'm putting $20 on, you know, this, this game, I'm comfortable losing that $20. I want to preach people yeah. to do that and not be crazy. When I got into betting in general, um, like a good rule of thumb from my grandmother who actually, Oh, I think I got the gambling bug from was always, you can't like scare money doesn't win. So you you can't be it's gotta be something that you're okay losing. Yeah. So like if you're not okay losing a hundred bucks, don't bet a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know? if you're making two hundred grand and you want to put in three, you know, hundred dollar parlays, or not just right. hundred dollar plays, I should say, not just yeah. parlays, you know, at some point during the NFL season, that's fine. Do your but thing, if you're yeah. if you're a more normal person, uh just you know, be rational about it. It's it's fun. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's great. And you know, watching an Eagles game. And you bet Jalen Hurts over 54 and a half rushing yards, and you get amped right. thinking he's gonna like that's great for me. That's that was always more so. I think some people view it as you know, kind of a money making thing, and inherently right. it can't be that because if it was a money making venture, the, the books themselves wouldn't exist. It's a it's a money making right. venture, but not a money making venture for you. Yeah. But exactly. it's really fun to do, it's fun, it's exciting. And you know, Philly's game, uh, I was off yesterday, off from phillyvoice.com. And I have MLB TV because Ashley, my fiance, obviously Zoe knows, but just people out there, has T-Mobile. So you get MLB TV for free if you have T-Mobile. Okay. Unbelievable. Yeah. And That's I'm awesome, watching yeah. the Indians-Padres game yesterday afternoon because both, you know, Cleveland's a first-place team. When I say right. Indians, Guardians, obviously. My, my the Guardians, say, yeah. Yeah, you have to say that. Not as bad as the R words, but still right. uh, <laughs> much needed change. Still getting used to that one. The way some old guys still probably call them the Baltimore Colts. Got to right. take that. They're still Washington football team to me. I really haven't gotten used to commanders. And even no. when they were the R-, R words, I would just, whenever I was writing about them, I would just call them Washington. And I never called them Washington football team. So I'm just still call them Washington and not realize they have another team. Anyway, I throw a little wager on the Guardians because the, uh, the sixth, geez, the Phillies are in a playoff race. <laughs> I'm talking about every team. Talking about, they're in a playoff race with the Padres. So I threw a little scratch on the on the Guardians, and they pull off the win. And it was a nice game. So they stuff like that. You're relaxed and having fun is why I like doing it. But like, I'm not sweating out, you know, Russian hockey or, or stuff like that. That's not my. It's not my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think it's funny. Um, Two two things. I feel like it was like during quarantine when everything officially shut down sports wise. We were like all trying to bet like anything. 
Chinese like table tennis. I was betting on those. It was when I was doing a, a Sixers podcast, and one of our promos was, you know, you get two hundred dollars free, or, right. or something like that. And obviously, the only sports on are you know table tennis. I was literally betting on table <laughs> tennis. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the, the book sucked, and you had to have like you had to make two hundred dollars off that free two hundred dollars yep. to to be able to deposit it and i won like right i won like two in a row and i needed to win a third one which just obviously a, a biggest scam and you know gambling is, is it kind of inherently a scam as much as it's a scam yeah. yeah and i went i win more bets in a row than i ever do and then i can't deposit the money and then i bet it all and lose it all that's a great scam you know you just we just mentioned so we talked about um you know people and how sports, sports watch, sports games, sports watching all year round is the champion. Like look at what happened over the summer. Like there was no sports. Baseball was just turning up. Like in the dead summer, what do we all watch? We all watch Stranger Things. Yeah. And for the first time ever, streaming overtook TV as yeah. you know the the, the and, and watchability. And that's that's literally because there was zero sports on. Like all we all we all had was Stranger Things to talk about. And so, you know, that that's the world that we are in, you know, sports ends and there's that six week span between, you know, baseball starting up, football, training camp, like odds and ends and like basketball, the, the NBA draft and like the NBA summer league where like we're just we're just dying for any kind of live sports and we're and that's the point where. You know, if you hit it, if you hit the sweet spot correctly, and and you know, obviously Netflix did, then you do get like what happened with Stranger Things. And then other times, as we've seen, you know, the year before that, and the you know, quarantine summer, there's zero ones. We're all just outside taking walks every day at the same time. Yeah, my TV consumption is already going downhill big time, mm-hmm. and I'm not speaking towards the quality of stuff. Just that the Phillies are good now. We're relatively good. They're in the playoff race. So I'm watching them more often, and that's mm-hmm. almostly a nightly endeavor. Tonight, you have an Amazon Thursday night football game. I want to check out what that broadcast is like. There's also a game on NFL Network. I'm going to be going two TVs tonight. I like to watch the Phils, you know, going to the game tomorrow, looking for a four-game sweep over the Cincinnati Reds, and I'll probably have the, the NFL game up there, preseason game. And, you know, the, the joys of just sitting there re-binging Game of Thrones or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they're dwindling. They're dwindling right now. Yeah. Do you watch ever you ever been in a bar and they have ESPN news on? You remember ESPN news? I loved ESPN news as a kid, just being a complete, complete nerd. It was just like Sports Center, but actually 24-7 just Sports Center. I thought it was mine. It used to come on. Um, it used to be where I watched before. So before, right before my freshman year at the prep, my parents moved to Chester County. So I actually spent um, I don't even think I, I told you this, but I spent all four years living with my grandparents in North Philly. I did not um, know that. So, dream chaser. So at that point, yeah, at that point, I only saw my parents on the weekends. Like I would Damn. catch the train up. I could, I would catch the R five every Friday night. How, to, like, how long of a ride is that on the train? Uh, it's probably about an hour. But mind you, like this is the time where like would you stay there Friday and Saturday or just one? Because then you're you're. Also, a high school kid, and you want to f around right. and have fun and stuff. So, like too. I would stay there. It would be I would stay there like Friday and Saturday, and then yeah. like Sunday afternoon, uh, I would either catch a train or like my pop would, would drive me down. And yeah. then like there were some weekends like 
And we like during during football season, I like <laughs> I cried the I pretty much stayed down. So I was like, yo, I was like, we're, we're playing LaSalle tonight and I want to kind of go. Yeah, go to the game. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll see you guys Saturday night or something. Yeah. Um, so during during that time, I was, you know, my my, so my grandparents live literally four blocks from the prep. So every morning, my morning ritual was like whatever crap breakfast I had. Um, because I was 14 and not caring about nutrition and ESPN News. Yeah, man. ESPN News was like every day, dude. I loved it so much. ESPN News is just a gambling channel now. Yeah, that's all it is. It, right. It has <laughs> a bunch of it has like a box. The way Sports Center just had the bottom line now, there it's like a box all around there with random lines and it's showing darts and stuff like that. And honestly, in the summer, I, I don't think people know enough about the channel. I'm throwing it out there, ESPN News. It's a great you know, it's different now in season, but in the summer, I would see it on in bars a lot. Even a bar on a Thursday afternoon, people might think that's insane, but I work regular. I usually work most weekends. My That's what Jeff McDevitt always made fun of me. He's like, you're the king of going to a bar at like a Wednesday afternoon. I'm like, so this is the thing. <laughs> like, this is the thing when people like say that to me yeah. or like, I sometimes I'll sit outside in the, my apartment where there's like a driveway there and people park their cars, people walking in and out of the apartment. And it's like two o'clock on a Tuesday, and I'm sitting out there enjoying a nice cold Kenwood, you know, playing some music. They're probably this guy's an effing bum, doesn't have a job or something like that. When in reality, if that was a Saturday afternoon, or it's a Saturday afternoon, I'm at the bar grabbing a bite to eat. You would think that's normal, but it's my yeah. Saturday. It is your Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it's all today's my today's my Friday night. Today is literally your Friday. Night. <laughs> today's like, my Friday night. Because you're, you know, I, I think people. Um, People, it takes a, we're so programmed to all have the same kind of weeks. Yeah. So like, for instance, you know, my, my brother is a, he's a, he's a union worker. So his Friday and Saturday is like Tuesday and Wednesday, you know? So yeah. I like, if he's like, yeah, like if he's at a bar on a Wednesday afternoon, people are like, oh, dude, like this guy must be really going through it. He's like, no, it's just my, it's just my Saturday. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I'm just at the bar hanging out. So it's, it's very funny to watch people's reactions to that. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it sucks because I still get Sunday scaries. Even if, like, say yeah. I say I was yeah. – there there have been weeks where I'm off, you know, randomly. The two days I'm off a week, I usually get two days off a week or four in a, you know, 14-day period, whatever it needs to be. And I'll be off Sunday and Monday. And 3 o'clock Saturday, I'm still sick to my stomach that the weekend's over, even though the concept of the weekend no longer applies to me in, in, right. in the sense of work. Right. Like Ash, you want to go out? You want to go out to dinner? It's Tuesday night. Not really. I just got done work, but it's my it's my it's my Saturday night. We have to go out. We have to do something, Ash. It's my Saturday night. Bless her heart. <laughs> Exaggerations and half truths aren't new in politics, but now with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara. And I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? 
political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think, and I guess the answer is probably a little obvious, how much are the leagues going to continue to incorporate gambling into their plans? And when inevitably some league, whether it's a lower tier league that wants to get on there, what if it's NHL trying to get ahead, MLS, whatever, partners with FanDuel Television, that's the premier provider of all the nationally televised games, the playoff games, the championship games. How are leagues going to really respond to that? What's the pressure on there? Obviously, gambling was a huge component of the NFL for years and years, decades, before you actually had legalized gambling in several states across the country. What's going to happen to, and then people like my dad from that generation, very worried about the integrity of the game, which I think is reasonable. I mean, people say, hey, you know, it's too hard to do that, whatever. That's not true. And I think of Pete Rose, no. I think that whole thing is BS in terms of like Pete Rose, he only bet on his team to win. How do you know that? How do there's, you know that? There's right. no there's no FanDuel account you can look at his old bets. The guy lied about doing it yeah. for 15, 20 years, and then said only bet on the win. And there's different ways, like he could just set up his lineup, not necessarily optimized in the best possible way in the right. first inning, and then bet an over on first inning and still manage the game as he wants to win. Right. It could be a situation where he might pull his players, you know, late in the game, but he's trying to get the over or under and do, do different things like that. Like, there, there's a lot of BS there. But we kind of saw it with Calvin Ridley, and that's an isolated decision. I, I, I'm pretty anti-players gambling. I think yeah. that's that's just a no-no to me. And if you think differently, I, I really don't. I don't think he, he any player should – even if they're it's a pro thing, like, you shouldn't be doing betting on yourself. Like, say – Calvin Ridley bet on himself to have over 88 and a half receiving yards. Right. You know, $1,000. And this is just hypothetical, obviously. I have no idea what he's doing or can do, whatever. And say it's a situation where it probably been more beneficial for him to run out of bounds. And this is a specific situation, but he goes uphill and gets those extra three yards and the clock's ticking. It's not an optimized situation for the team. That stuff I could see in there. And that's what that worries me. And obviously, gambling content the proliferation of sports gambling has been great for my career we do this show it makes for great content i write about it we talk about all those things but something's going to happen we have that netflix special right of the tim donahue all obviously all philadelphia connections too, making even more hyper local something like that's going to happen and it's going to be 10 times more wild than calvin ridley when we find out what it is well, I think uh, it's just, I mean, you see what the, we saw with the Donnie situation. He's not the last one. He certainly wasn't the yeah. first. No, mean, no one, no referees fix games ever before, and they never yeah, have probably. since. And they, and they never true. have since. Yeah, in any you sport. Know, they've never. In any sport ever. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to all of us. It happens once, it won't happen again, right? So, but like, I mean, come on. It, it, it's, it's silly to think that he was even the 10th person referee-wise to have any kind of system like that going. I, I think that he just got caught because he was the most prominent and um, 
the most prominently uneven game in NBA history. Yes, too. Most prom- literally the most prominently uneven game in like almost recent NBA history. Yeah, um, I think that he is also a guy who got to the point where he was so arrogant about not getting caught that he was just like, whatever, I'm just gonna, you know, they they haven't they haven't tracked me this far, so I'm just gonna keep going, and they caught him. But you know, I, I think that that is the world that we're trending toward. It's so tough to release it. Because um, it's like, reason. why don't you just, and someone said, like, Calvin Ridley's an idiot for doing his own account. Probably true. What's stopping, you know, random player getting his buddy to throw $2,000 on him to have the first touchdown of the game? There's oh, stuff that's like happening. Okay. Yeah. I, I guarantee it's happening. Like, if you, and it's, it's, you it's just the nature, it's going to get more prevalent, but it's definitely yeah. happening. Like, who doesn't, like, I, I, listen, if, if you we both watch the NBA religiously, if you think that, not you personally, but if you in general, if you think that no player has ever said to a buddy, take this two grand and put it on me to have 35. Yes, yes, that's definitely like, happened. Are we like, come on, I have some magic beans for you as well. If you, if you think that's never happened, I have a gambling question for you because it's a tad before my time. Talk about that Sacramento Kings Lakers series in 2002 being fixed. There's a series that a lot of people say had some questionable calls and situations there. And it obviously gets played down in our area because of the obvious 2001 Bucks Sixers series. As someone who was more prone of age, I really barely remember that playoff run. It's a shame. I remember parts of the NBA finals, but I was so young, I guess I would have just turned. Seven, it's really you hard to say. Seven, yeah, so that's really hard my, to get in my. It's hardly hard to get in my brain. My sophomore year. So yeah, that's what I mean. So the, the prevailing theory in reality makes all the sense in the world. The Lakers were obviously on their way to the championship. They steamrolled every team. What's better for ratings, the Lakers versus the Milwaukee Bucks, or the Lakers versus the Sixers? This historical aspect you have. The two best players in the sport, and Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, going up against the MVP, this underdog that's beloved everywhere. Why wouldn't if, why wouldn't they have fixed it, right? But why, also, you know, during that time, there was so we were upset here in the city because we felt like they the refs weren't protecting AI enough. Like again, okay, you know, Al Iverson was. The, I mean, the guy threw his body on the line every single night. But the Bucks beat him up that year. It's like I remember they had a lot the of state. dogs. They were like a pre-modern dog too. Dogs. They had the dog. You know, they had big dog Robinson. <laughs> they had literally the big dog. <laughs> they had Ray Allen. They had Sixers. Actually, Sixers assistant coach and Tyrese Maxey aficionado Sam Purcell. Um, you know, they were it, man. Like. They wouldn't beat the Lakers, uh, but they were certainly more than formidable. And at some point in that series, that was a seven-game series that at some point people thought that they were going to win, actually. Um, the Sixers were walking wounded. And then they got to – so you're right. It was a – I do think that it was a series that was um, ripe for the taking. I do think that both teams got some favorable calls. But the better story was absolutely um, – you know, Sixers versus Lakers. And I, I think that we don't want to hear it now, but I thinking about it as I've grown in my in my fandom and continue to 
you know, be, become a better um, fan uh, of the game in general, I really don't think that it was any way, there was no team that was going to, you know, short of um, reincarnating LeBron James and making him that, you know, that size for that series, there was no team that was going to beat that Lakers. Team. No, no, it was uh, impossible. They were, they were just, they were really unstoppable. It was like they were, people talk about, I'll talk about game three. Um, it's first at, home game, 1-1 one, one coming here. back. Right. So game three, it was 1-1. One, one. The rubber match was technically game three. Um, Robert Ori hit a, a dagger corner three, which Robert Ori has done his entire career. That's why he's got seven rings. Um, hit that three, and that kind of was the series. But when you're playing, you know, a team like that, it never really felt like they were close. Like they were, they lost that game by a couple of points. But then every, you know, it was the kind of series where even when they were only down four, it felt like they were down 20. You know, like it's just in. So oh, I've, I've watched the Sixers in the 20 years since. I definitely know what it mean, what it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's like that now. When like whenever, whenever Joe's not playing. And they're down six. It feels like they're down thirty, dude. Like the Heat series, they're just that team. I, I know that. I, I don't think it's going to be like that this year, though. This is a, my, my quick Sixers insight for you and for you and Paul's pod. Future, future. Uh, oh, I never said what the name of the pod was. It's not official, official. Like we have flyers up, but as of right now, I think it's going to be Thirsty Dogs Drink Faster. <laughs> that was yeah. Paul's name. I'm usually kind of an anal guy thinking up that. Yeah. Props to Paul. Uh, Very the, good. the one I wanted that I don't think they were going to go for was Tuesdays with Maury. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I man. thought that would have been oh, good. Obviously spelled Daryl's way. Yeah, I thought that was good. That's really good. That might have been that too niche. Good. So I like what Paul yeah, did. Yeah, I get it. But that's really good, though. You got you to gotta pocket that one. <laughs> that's that's an article that's or good. that's an article. Yeah, headline that's definitely or something. an article. That's yeah. a really good one. That's like the that's a daily news back page right there. <laughs> yeah. Not to just keep going. I mean, we're we're a tangent we're a tangently podcast, but the one of my favorite things was we talked I definitely talked about this before. In high school, my junior year of high school, both semesters, junior year of college, sorry, both semesters, I interned for the Philadelphia Daily News in the sports department, obviously. And I would I would work there every Friday night editing the paper, putting in, you know, box scores for high school sports yeah. teams, filling all that stuff. Hey, we need you know, they would talk about instead of saying, "Hey, we need 500 words." Hey, we need four inches of copy to put in here, and because you're you're working in the confines of an actual newspaper, right? Doing right. stuff like that. And then there was one guy whose job was just to come up with the back page headline. It was awesome. Like yeah. I'd be down there helping them brainstorm, and they're just awesome. they have just been so brilliant at that over the years. And I obviously the inquirer is kind of overtaking them as you know it's inquire.com yeah. but i i will love the daily news forever like my dad read the daily news growing up he didn't read the inquire so it was a kind of a big deal when i got the dn job yes. rather than the daily news was always a little bit more fun and free the inquire was like very yeah. uptight and and serious and i think that was definitely more my style so was this even then when were you working with I guess you were you wouldn't have been working with Tyler. No, he 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 got me the job, obviously. <laughs> like he got right. like he got me my first like three or four jobs. Tyler always definitely the most important person I met, and and maybe one of the most people I met in my life in terms of got me like first three or four writing gigs that I did. Like he finished up. He would I guess he was going to in his senior year. He worked that yeah. summer 
and then just brings me in, introduce me to everyone one day, get a phone call to come in the next week for a very informal 15 second chat. And I got the job. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was literally right on his heels with, with that. That's perfect. Dude. I, I, I think that, I think it's about, you know, um, it goes back to what we talked about, about how, you know, in this industry and in this business, it's, it's really, it's a, it's relationship that relationships will take you as far as you want to go. Right. So, you know, it goes back to you being called bias, not just you, but you know, yeah. but like, Relationships are what count, man. Like there might come a time where Sirianni chooses to give you an exclusive on something because you have a good relationship with him. You know, like like that kind of stuff is what is what helps you, you know, progress, um, progress the you know the the outfit that you work for and progress just your brand personally. Like you have to look out for that stuff because it matters. I got a little bit of news right now. Breaking news. That's already old Uh-oh. news for when you're listening to this. Da-da-da-da-da. Bryce Harper will be activated tomorrow. So tomorrow's on Friday. So a uh, little gambling stuff right here. Uh, yeah. Harper to home run, obviously. <laughs> I, get, I get paid tomorrow on Friday. Definitely put some scratch on Harper to have a home run tomorrow. You called it, man. You know what's funny? And it said it's Rob Thompson said it, too. It wasn't just a report. I called, called that aspect. Look at me oh, saying dude. a manager was going to give Look some news. You. Look just, at you. you can't get this analysis anywhere else. You can't get this analysis anywhere else. We're, <laughs> we're, we're the foremost baseball podcast. We certainly are. Yeah, we um, are. No uh, no big oil on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, his thing is seam head, like a real hooper. is like seam head. That's, I like that for baseball. I do like that. True, do, a true seam head A podcast. true seam head. Yeah. You know, uh, this, this, guy knows, this guy knows ball. Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows gloves. <laughs> you know it's funny um if you give it mm, 35 minutes and go check the prices for tomorrow night as opposed, to, as opposed to you guys i would give it a good 40 minutes and then go check the prices as opposed to what you guys did last night yeah people need to be buying their tickets like in the next two or three minutes for what's what i'm saying yeah, like if you, you don't gotta- buy if you if you weren't already pressing purchase just on a whim, you probably you're gonna miss out or you're gonna pay three times more. Texting all the group chats, obviously. Oh, this is right. amped. This is amped. Good energy. Is, I love breaking news on the pod. Yeah, especially when we brought this is our report. Todd's lucky. No, <laughs> it was it was me. I actually reported this. <laughs> Got anything else going on this weekend? Week zero, college football. That's it, man. Do you have any plays? I don't have any plays. I don't know if I'll do anything Saturday. Big work day Saturday because it's an Eagles. As of right now, the Eagles are playing a preseason game with the Dolphins. That would be canceled because all the Dolphins are sick with a stomach bug, poison. I could just see – I I would cancel it. It would be bad for work-wise. I mean, Eagles playing, Eagles playing well. Always good for me. Always good for the podcast, for Philly Voice. Just cancel the game. In in terms of being being super in a vacuum objective, that game should – I mean, you know, dude, I've – I, I don't know about you. I've had food poisoning though. Never. And I will. Dude, it is a vile feeling. I can't imagine. As if it's as if it's as widespread as they said. I can't imagine any of those guys being up to playing a football game in, in forty eight hours. So, and and the South Beach heat. Right in a hundred degree heat. Right and and seventy percent humidity. I doubt they're going to play um, unless they have like. Unless they're dying to get their third string out there, in which case 
you know, I guess Sirianni will give the, you know, our third string the, the same kind of, um, you know, thought. But other than that, I would cancel it. Um, yeah. yeah, other than that, man, we're back. We're really back. We're, we are, this is week zero. I don't care what anybody says, we're back. It actually means something starting Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then next weekend, oh, baby, that's when the big boys come out. Dude, um, I'm off. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I'm off three days in a row on a normal weekend. Yeah, <laughs> the world's not the world is not ready. The world's not ready. It's going to be Gar- garage is not ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be quite the weekend, man. Oh man, this weekend's gonna be fun too, man. I think it'll be cool to see some football that actually means something. Uh, yeah, so... I mean Northwestern. Let's go, baby. Twelve o'clock right. kickoff. Right. UTEP, let's get it. You know, I want to see. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see a lot, all this stuff. Because all this stuff, it's, I mean, such a sick old brain. All this stuff matters. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm glad it's back. I'm glad that, um, you know, our our Saturdays and Sundays are, are starting to take shape now. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Thinking, thinking of Northwestern, that's that's a really big journalism school. And people talk about and then, you know. Huge. And then yeah. Syracuse, and especially for the area, Temple has a great program. And I would yeah. think most people that are in the, the media career in, in this area are, are Temple grads. Yeah. I didn't go to journalism school. And, you know, people like, oh, you're a journalist. Like, what did you study? Went to college, didn't really know. Tried like six different majors. They told me to declare, and I declared a, a major. I didn't have any. Just an English major. I took like two yeah. writing classes, and they were fired. That's same, how it works. Same, same professor I had both. I took it two semesters in a row. Like you could take as many writing classes like in a row, even if it was the same okay. topic or stuff like yeah. that. So that was cool. That's, I don't know, man. That's that's how it works out. At least I, I personally feel like uh, – Look, I didn't write for the student newspaper. I didn't do any like official journalism until I was interning for a major right. paper in town. Because it was like – this was my thing. I wanted to cover the Eagles and the Sixers. I wanted to cover the NFL and the NBA. It really did me no service to go watch a fencing match and write 400 words on that and interview some nitwit yep. kid when I could just blog about the Sixers game the next day in my dorm room and then go to class or hang out with my friends, whatever. Yep. That was way better as that. And, like, for me, you know, I, I feel like it's the same idea. I, I've talked to so many people who when you say, you know, oh, what do you do? Or, like, what do – you know, would you would you do at school? How'd you get to where you are? And it's never, oh, I'm majoring this. A lot of times, it's oh, it's. I knew Tyler Tynes. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew Tyler Tynes. You know, that's why I have a job. Do. Like Tyler put a phone call in, and 15 seconds later, I have a job there. Like yeah. my like my like my first couple of jobs in the marketing communications field was because people referred me for something. Like it's. Just how I know. So, if you learn anything from this podcast today, it's keep the good relationships that you have. Hey, you never know, dude. I'm not even. I remember Tyler being the kid. I had. I guess I had where my locker was. I had lunch when he was coming to a class. He was a year ahead of me at the prep. Yeah, our times. And I remember he must have been coming from the other building. Now there's two buildings there, like Jesuit Hall and the main hall. He would be flying down the hallway. Me sitting there changing my backpack every day, late to like a. A computer class or whatever it yeah. was coding you know digital design whatever yeah and just flying by he was a track guy. he went to college for track right he was a track guy yeah um, king's I mean, college he was, 
he is a uh, an athlete in the true sense. Yeah, like people talk about athlete now means you're kind of a genetic freak. You're genetic like if, freak. If people, I think, don't realize that. Like, oh, Terrell Owens is an awesome athlete. Yes, that's right. that's without a doubt. DK Metcalf. That's without a doubt, right? But the older right. term of an athlete meant that you were just pretty good at a variety right. of sports. Right. You could do a variety of stuff. Like he was, you know, he could. He knew his way on the football field. He he literally went to college for track, and he was um he he like boxed. You know, we didn't have a boxing club, but like he boxed on his off time. He just he's one of those guys who uh, you know you just become a, you are a jack of trades when it comes to when it comes to athletics, which is like you know I can that is, I can smell my own kind, obviously. Right, <laughs> yeah. I'm, right. I'm obviously right. joking. Yeah. We all know our own scent, exactly. I can, <laughs> I can smell my own kind for sure. <laughs> One second, I'm getting this Bryce news. You know what? That's what I think. That's also what makes us so sicko mode in this city. We love. We don't love anything more than a player coming back from injury. Oh, like, the first game. <laughs> no, like remember Wentz's first game in 2018. That was <laughs> yeah. dude. I was there. I didn't even sit with my normal season tickets. I got tickets because Ash wanted. Yeah. Obviously, I wanted to go with Ash. I wanted to go with Loller. I wanted to go to with Joe Anzer. We just bought yeah. tickets somewhere else. And the energy, and obviously they're one and one. They're coming off the Super Bowl win. The energy was just absolutely electric. He played, and he played like okay, and then he didn't play. He played okay for a while, and just kept playing okay, and then got really bad. He just he was he was okay for a while, and then things took a bad turn. It just, I just feel like this in this city, particularly, we love nothing more than a return from injury. It just, we're so, we're so injury pill that a guy coming back, a big guy, especially, you know, coming back, it's just, it makes our days. Yeah. Oh, man. This is great. Bryce, baby. And it's coming at the perfect time. They learn how to win without him. Obviously, same head podcast. I do equate a lot of his trajectory to you know how what kind of team they're going to be now to what kind of team we're hoping you know Daryl Morey puts around Joel and B or has put around them yeah because I think we ask you know we do ask the same questions right like, yeah are they, are they are they really going to waste Bryce Harper's prime or are they really going to waste Joel and B's prime so I think that um it's awesome to watching see some Seinfeld yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh it's the uh, I'm watching. I'm watching the strike. No bigger, no bigger, no bigger, no bigger. That's probably my favorite episode. <laughs> it is my favorite one. It's my favorite, it's my favorite episode. episode by far. I watched the trip, the two putters, and then the pitch. Yes. Uh, the other night, the pitch is unbelievable. The pitch is so good, man. It, I mean, that's that's the most based on real life one too. A lot of these on third and fourth and fifth watch, like a lot of the ones that that you normally wouldn't watch, are like classics, like the dealership. Is a really good one. with it's with Putty so and then like the yeah. the Twix and the, the, yeah. the Twix, <laughs> yeah. Oh my like, god! And like Kramer riding the uh, the sob till it runs out of gas. You know, like the uh, so good. Um, What's your favorite like scene in the whole show? Do you have one? I mean, obviously a tall task, but I have mine. My my favorite scene. This is it's a tie, but I think by. Just from sheer point of making me laugh is um, George likes spicy chicken. Like when okay. George starts talking in the third person. Yeah. It's so, it, it just, for some reason, 
because he goes from George like spicy chicken and, and George is getting upset. Like it makes me laugh so hard. Mine is Kramer's and Jerry's apartment. And I'm not even sure Kramer's my favorite character, but he's yeah. talking about the bus driver passing out and he <laughs> has to drive the bus. And he's like, I'm he's fighting, like fighting, I'm fighting him off. I'm driving the bus at the same time. And I had to keep pulling over. You kept making the stops. They kept pulling the thing. <laughs> They're like you kept making the stops. Well, they kept pulling. They kept pulling the lever. I love doing, and this is like a running bit I'll do with Loller, just texting him is like Seinfeld today, and I'm not just making fun. Like it's not that Twitter account. Like oh, George does this. Oh, blah, yeah. blah blah. It's like Elaine. Elaine has a new boyfriend. How is he? He's a hipster. He's a hipster. He's a hipster, Jerry. Like just stuff like that. Dude, there, there's it's, um, there was one. Um, there is the one where. Kramer got the um, the slicer, and he's like, "Jerry, we're gonna need a uh, we're gonna need a box of Kaiser rolls." And Jerry's like, "Oh, it should be some of the stock." Kramer's <laughs> like, "So I could find that stock room, like, like, like that." Just the 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 delivery on it on on so many of the jokes is always right on cue. It's it's perfect. It's, this is a perfect show. Jerry's face. People always talk about. Uh, What's what's his name? Uh, Jim Halper looking in the yeah. camera and looking goofy. Jerry was doing that like way before that. Like he was doing he wasn't staring out. at the like yeah. the camera because it wasn't a mockumentary. But you would just see him like rolling his eyes, like mouth agape, different this stuff like that. He, yeah, yeah, right. It was it was perfect. Yeah, I was, love it because he wasn't That's the funny. Right. He was probably the least funny of the four. But obviously the right. connective glue. Right, and like I, I think that um, another thing that made it what it was is was they were so close so there was there, there didn't have to be any actual verbal cues like when they read their lines it wasn't like here's where i'm going to do this here's where i'm going to do this like a lot of it wasn't scripted so like a lot of kramer's reactions were just kramer reacting and then you know the same way with jerry and george and everybody like the hamptons one is one of my top three favorite episodes because the you know the ugly baby is like Mostly because you never call a baby ugly. And <laughs> the whole episode, half the episode is about how ugly this kid is. It's, it's very, it's just stuff that we talk about now, they were like laughing at like years ago. We'll get close up. One, did you ever see the, the bloopers uh, when they're in the police station? And yeah. uh, Jerry Starr is like, you want a piece of me? <laughs> yeah. And then Julie, and then Julie Louise Dreyfus cannot hold it together. She is just she laughing hysterically like six times in a row. Is it my George? My George is smart enough to pull off something like that. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great one. What the hell did you trade Jade Buna for? <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna take a it. You know, it was contract issues, and uh, that was so good. That's another. That's another good one. Yeah, I'm a bootlegger. Want to wrap it up? Yeah, man. Um, let me see. College Anything else? This weekend. Uh, uh, live podcast, September 15th, 7.30 p.m. Liberty 15th. Grounds, indie, indie, Indoor Mini Golf Bar, indoor mini golf. 1600 yeah. West Gerard Ave. By the time we talk next week, we'll come ready to do our um, our week one college football pick and stuff. Oof. We'll have Oof. some – we'll come with some good lines. Um so we should do it. We should. We'll probably do it. We'll look to do it next Thursday again. Yeah. The lines will be by then. Tentatively, we're scheduled to record every Thursday yeah. with our great producer Ray Shell. So just a heads up for all you odds and end zone seam heads. 
look out for Thursday night podcast, Thursday afternoon podcast. And then um, uh, let me see. RiceRickySanchez.com says newsletter. Oh, yeah. Um, train Sixers training camp is going to get this wrong, but three weeks away. They'll be down in South Carolina um, for the better part of a month before the season kicks off in October. It's crazy to even think that um, the NBA season starts in less than 60 days, but it does. Um, and I think that's it for me, man. All right. All right. So live pod September 15th, week one, college football picks next week. And new pod with the great Paul Hudrick. Talk to y'all. See you at Liberty Grounds. I might say talk to you at Liberty Grounds. Yeah, Liberty Grounds. See you at Liberty Grounds. All right. I'll talk to you, bro. All right, brother.